If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I would go ahead and try to re-forward your email so that it goes to the top of the inbox. Um, and then I will keep an eye out for it. Hello, this is a prepaid call from David Jolly, an inmate at a Florida Department of Corrections institution. Hello, and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. Today is a long-awaited catch-up episode with a man serving more than 100 years behind bars. Here Hi, he, Jack. Here he is. How are you, sir? Uh, all right, good. I'm glad I caught you. Uh, this is probably a better time anyway, huh? Not so early in the morning. All good, mate. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah. It's good to hear it to you. Yeah, so how are things going for you? David would certainly have to be one of the most asked-about inmates that I speak with. Since hearing his story, many people have reached out to ask how David is and what's happening with his situation. More importantly, how are you going? Um, not too bad. Uh, this new spot, it's, uh, it's not a whole lot better, but it definitely has its uh, improvements. So. <laughs> Where have they moved you to? Uh, I'm in Avon Park. It's, uh, it's kind of like uh, just uh, south of Orlando a little bit. So how far how far away from where you were is it? Uh, actually, not far at all. I think uh, maybe 70 miles. I don't even think that far. I think like 45 miles or something like that. Not far at all. Yeah, right. So how did that yeah. transfer come about? Did you ask for that transfer? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Originally, I wasn't even supposed to go to the spot that I was at, that uh, DeSoto where I was at. I wasn't even supposed to go there. So I was supposed to, my good adjustment was for here. But somehow they just got sidetracked and sent me down there. You know, well, actually, I ran into a little bit of trouble over at uh, the other camp that I was at, the Polk, where I was at the law library. They uh, they put me out of the law library because I I refused to help uh, persons do their uh, IRS uh, identity letters for the uh, stimulus money. You know, they had me doing that. I told them, I said, I'm not a tax lawyer. I'm not, you know, it's not that I don't want to help guys. It's just that, you know, these, these guys put too much pressure on you to to do their tax stuff, you know. And I'm like, I'm, that's not what you trained me for. So when you refused to, to do that, did they move you off the law stuff then? Yeah, yeah. When I refused, they, they fired me, in other words, really. Wow. So, yeah. So, so what happens with the, the transfer? They, I'm assuming they just chuck you on a, on a bus and drive you from one place to the next? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what they do, yeah. Uh, if it's far, they put you on a bus, but on, 
on this one trip, there was just a van. You know, they put you know, one of the vans that uh, holds like 11, 12 people. So what's that experience like? Because, I mean, do you, is, it, is it a windowless van or can you see out and see the world around you? And uh, Matter of fact, this time it was one of the – no windows. Uh, normally you have windows, you know, they let you see out. But uh, this time, no, it was a closed-in one. The worst ones are in really it's horrific. I ran into a really horrific uh, experience um, when you go back to court. They, they hire a private transport to do it. And, uh, these guys, they really don't care about you too much. And, and you're in a windowless van. And, uh, what happened was, uh, the air conditioner went out and it's the only type of ventilation that you have. And when it went out, we were like in there suffocating for like two or three hours before we, we finally all started rocking the van while we were going down the interstate trying to get their attention and make them make them stop and uh, actually they did because so and then they found we forced them into uh going they pull into a county jail and they wait and had the uh people come fix the van <laughs> so, wow yeah that was i was because we were actually suffocating in there it was it was really a so could they when you're in that van could they, can they not hear you when you when would could they not hear you in the van or anything like that so you just had to start rocking it to get their attention um, yeah, yeah, they just kind of, you know, they do it all the time. And, and, and of course they, they run into some, some real uh, characters, you know, and so, bet, yeah. so they just don't, they tune, yeah, they oh, just so turn they just up ignore the radio. You. Yeah, they, they ignore you. Yeah, they ignore you. Yeah, but when you start rocking the van like that, yeah. yeah there's no way they could that. ignore it for very, very long. <laughs> David has already served over 22 years of his 100-year sentence inside a federal prison in Florida. When we first spoke, he told me about the place that he was incarcerated, how it was a very volatile environment with stabbings and lockdowns happening on a regular basis. Lockdown today, so that's good. You got a, you, sorry, you got off lockdown Just today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so had a stabbing or something over on the other side of the compound, so they locked the whole compound down. Wow. So, so does that happen regularly? Oh yeah, yeah, pretty often. Uh, it'll probably once a week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is there a lot of violence around where you are? Yeah, it's always right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty consistent everywhere. He says the place in which he's been moved to is slightly better, although they got off to a rocky start. <laughs> no, actually, I kind of. At first, I ran into it when I first got here. They were doing the same things. It was, you know, a lot of violence going on, and uh, of course, you go, you stay on lockdown, and uh, for like uh, the first two, three weeks, that's what it was like. And so, but uh, they came in and they warned everybody, "Hey, we're not putting up with this. This is not the kind of camp this is, and uh, we're going to be getting rid of y'all." <laughs> so. They did. That's what they did. They got rid of the, the troublemakers, in other words. Oh, so, so were there people yeah. transferred from your previous um, prison with you and then they started causing trouble in the new place? Yeah, and, the, and it really comes from the gangs. Yeah. There's a lot of gang members, you know, and, a lot of, and when they pile them up together, yeah, they start, they, they do what they do, you know. So, uh, yeah, but like, you know, they do have camps that they don't put up with that stuff, so they'll, yeah. they'll get rid of them. So with a move comes new living arrangements, and David has found himself having to get used to a different type of sleeping arrangement 
than what he's been used to in the past. I'm going to ask what the situation is with your sleeping arrangements in the new place. Are you in a cell or are you in the open bay situation? Um, now I'm in, the, for the first time in a long, long years, I'm in a, a two-man room now. Yeah, Yeah. right. So do you, do you prefer that? Um, it takes a little bit getting used to. I really... I really prefer the open bays, but I guess because I've been living in them so long. But uh, no, it it has its benefits. You know what I mean? At least, you know, when you have a decent roommate, it it can be pretty good time. You know what I mean? Because you do have a little bit of privacy. Yeah, so. yeah. So I mean, what what's what's that feeling like? Obviously, going to a new facility. Um, I suppose you probably don't know many people. You're going into a cell where you don't know what your roommate's going to be like. Um, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for many, many years now. So, um, but I mean, is it still, is there still a sort of a sense of trepidation sort of going into a new situation? Um, yeah, it, it can be. Um, but like you say, I've pretty much got used to it now. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm pretty, you know, I know how to, I handle myself, of course, but, and I'm pretty good with others too, you know what I mean? So, um. You know, when you get your bad roommate, you just have to put up with it a little while, but they'll they'll move you. You know, if you, you catch your right officer, and you explain to them, "Hey, listen, we just ain't getting along." You know. Yeah, yeah. And so they'll they'll. Yeah. And over the years, they've came up with this thing called compatibility uh, uh, status that they use before they put you in with. You know, they only put you in with certain people. Oh right. You know, so like. Yeah, so like my roommate, he's he's uh, pretty much got the kind of time that I've got. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, he has a license, so yeah, so yeah. You know, so it, it it works out most of the time. The question is, where are we at with David's situation? Because. Along with people asking how David is, comes the question of how can we help him get home. Since I first spoke with David, his son has in fact managed to get his hands on the actual police tape from his chase. Unfortunately, this tape comes with no audio, so I can't bring you any of it in this capacity. However, I have watched it in its entirety and can confirm that for someone to receive a 100-year prison sentence from it is, well insanity. As part of our efforts to get David out of prison, we have started a change.org petition, of which you can find the link to in the show notes of this episode. Also, you may remember when speaking with David's attorney, he believed that David's best hope for an early release would be to gain clemency from the governor of Florida, although he did say it could be a tough ask. There is a a procedure that's available, that would be a petition for what's called executive clemency. That's uh, not a legal matter. It's run through the governor's office and the clemency board is the governor in his cabinet. And I don't know how you know, how much you might know about our current governor, but I don't know that he's ever granted anybody clemency, but I, I don't think with our very conservative current governor um, that that would happen. However, I have drafted a letter to the Governor of Florida, Mr DeSantos, requesting clemency for David Talley. The idea is that anyone from the OMR community that wants to help can obtain this pre-written letter. 
replace my name with your name and email it to the governor's office. What I would really love to do is to coordinate this email so that we can flood the governor's office with David's name so we won't get ignored. After all, the lady did say we need to be at the top of the emails. Thank you for calling the governor's press office. How can I help you? Yeah, hi. I'm just following up on an email that I sent requesting an interview. Um, my name's Jack Lawrence. I'm an, a journalist from Australia. Um, I sent through an email to the, the media uh, address, but I haven't heard anything back. Okay. Um, when did you send your email? Uh, a few days ago. I would go ahead and try to re-forward your email so that it goes to the top of the inbox. Um, and then I will keep an eye out for it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So for all the details on that, make sure you are part of the OMR Facebook group. Just search the One Minute Remaining podcast on Facebook, jump in there and we will have all the details on what date we will coordinate the sending of this email. And much like Andy Dufresne from the great movie Shawshank Redemption, we will continue to send these letters until we get a response. Right. Right, and that's that's along the lines I was thinking about too, you know, because that's and I, this governor he seems to be kind of a hardcore guy. Yeah, uh, yeah so yeah, I mean, uh, I, from from what know, I've from I, what I've learned, he's he's never granted anyone clemency before. But hey, let's never say never. Um, and you know, draw enough it, draw enough attention to the case, and we won't let him ignore it because if we don't get an answer within three to four weeks, uh, we will all just send the letter again. And we're going to continue to do that until someone at least responds to us. Okay, that sounds like a sounds like a plan. It sounds good. So, from your side of things, where 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 are you at? I know you've said in your in your notes to me that there's something happening in the background. Can you explain what's what's been going on from your appeal side of things? Yeah, this is that long drawn out thing that I had in the court when we first started talking. I was telling you about the motion that I had in the court. Well, of course, they denied it. And now I'm on appeal, so I've been really taking my time. I've I've asked for a couple different extensions in order to get my brief done. So uh, actually, it's done today. I I did the final draft today, uh, so I'll get it in the mail sometime this coming week. Actually, it's due um, April sixth. It's by the sixth, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna have that get that in. This coming Monday, Tuesday, I'll get that in the mail. So, um, 
I believe it stands a pretty good chance because, like I said in uh, earlier, uh, I thought it should have got approved in the uh, trial court. So I, um, I'm if the the appellate court does what they're supposed to do, um, they'll reverse it and tell the lower court to you know review the motion again is what they'll do is what they'll tell them uh so i'm pretty confident that um you know as long as they'll follow the law and i say that i'm leery because i know they they haven't before so uh but if they follow the what the law is then they really owe it to me to you send it back. So you mentioned yeah. something. You mentioned in one of your letters um, to me regarding the possibility of a retrial. What, so what's that situation? Uh, it's a resentencing. Yeah, because I, I've never been to trial, and that's you know that's what I'm getting. I'm just looking to get myself before the court again um, during one of these resentencings, and um, I'm of the belief that if I have an attorney, I'm represented by an attorney, uh, someone that's you know that's trying to help me, um, I really believe that I could get like a time-served sentence. Now, as we know from one of our most recent Q&A episodes, one of our Patreons, Mandy Carvin, asked our resident attorney, Michael Leonard, how much it would cost to have him on a retainer for situations like this. And he gave an incredible offer. I'll tell you what, if any of your um, cases result in retrial, I would be there on a pro bono basis. That means in our system for free in, in a second. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> You're on record now. You do realize that, don't you? Well, in saying that, obviously, as I mentioned, we have an attorney on our show, Michael Leonard. He's a, a, a defense attorney in Chicago and Illinois. And he's, he's said to me that if any of our cases get back into court, then he will do those pro bono. Oh, really? So oh, that's, hey, that's the ticket. If you can get your case back into a courtroom, um, I'm pretty sure I can talk to Michael and he will represent you in that courtroom situation uh, on a pro bono basis. Oh, that would be wonderful, Jack. That would be absolutely wonderful because that's really what I'm... I've been striving for. So, uh, so we got you covered yeah. there, my friend. So let's just uh, let's let's the focus is getting you back into a courtroom, uh, and then uh, then hopefully Michael can can, can take it from there. Um, so we're looking at uh, probably three to six months uh, after I get this filed uh, before I'll learn the final outcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it should. I'm thinking three to six months it would take for them to give me a decision. So as always, these things unfortunately take time. But as a man who's already spent 22 years behind bars, David Talley is well versed in having to wait. But what you can do right now if you want to help David Talley is click that change.org link in the show notes below and add your name to the list of hundreds who are in support of getting David home to his family. And of course, you can also get your hands on the letter for clemency for David Talley, replace my name with yours and send it off to the Governor's Office. All of the details of which are in our Facebook group. So make sure you search the One Minute Remaining podcast and you can jump in and get all of those details there. Okay. Oh, great. All right, Rob. Well, uh, again, you know, I appreciate everything that you're doing, Jack. It's, it gives me uh, a little hope now, you know, so... It, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm uh, feeling a little better nowadays than I have been. I tell you, it's been a it's been a rough ride. You have one minute remaining. We will, of course, keep checking in with David to see how he's going and we'll bring you news as soon as we have it in regards to his bid to get him back into court. One Minute Remaining is a Mash Pumpkin production. Produced, hosted and created by Jack Lawrence. Editing and sound design by Jack Lawrence and Dom Evans. This show is part of the ACAST Creator Network. 